Well, it's finally here, one of my favorite months of the year. Of course, we're talking about the month of September, right? The official start of the Broncos and the NFL season. And when you get together to watch the games, might we suggest you stop at Molly's to pick up your favorite beverage. That's what you should do. Let's start with beers. Their selection is truly unmatched from your tried-and-true favorites to unique craft beers. Molly's, believe me, is your spot. And if you want to watch your games with a glass of wine, like Julie does every single game, you can shop by variety at Molly's. You might even run into her. Red, white, or rosé, to name a few. Or shop by the country. I'm a little bit partial to Spanish wines. That's me. Or you can find anything you want at Molly's. And new wines to try as well. But if I had to be really truthful, like I haven't been truthful this whole time, I certainly have. I'm partial to whiskeys. And wow, does Molly's have an amazing selection of whiskeys, vodka, rum. Find yourself some great tequila, gins, and brandies. Anyway, the next time you're shopping for your Broncos party, don't go to the usual place with the usual selections. Check them out at mollyspirits.com. Again, that's mollyspirits.com. Or head to one of their two locations, the one at Lakeside at 44th and Harlan, or the one in the DTC on the west side of I-25 and Arapahoe Road. That's next to Sprouts. Molly Spirits, raising the bar in Colorado. Hey, let me take a minute and talk to you about Dan Kaplis. You can turn on your radio or TV, and you are absolutely swamped with ads from personal injury lawyers. So the question is, how do you know which one to choose? How about starting with somebody that that you can trust, I trust personally, and I'm talking about Dan Kaplis. I've talked about him for years on KOA. He's now one of the sponsors of our podcast. For over 35 years, Dan has fearlessly litigated cases all the way through trial. But the most important thing to know, he's been successful in those trials. He wins. Dan's proven results include multi-million dollar settlements, from hospital negligence to car accidents to truck accidents, Dan Kaplis has the experience to support and also help you through the entire process. He's got great knowledge, insights, and they know how to go up against any situation. So as we've told you before, Dan Kaplis Law is a serious firm for serious cases with honest lawyers whose mission it is to take care of their clients. See for yourself. For a free consultation, call 303-770-5551. Again, the number 303-770-5551 for Dan Kaplis Law. This week on the Dave Logan Podcast, plenty of blame to go around for the Broncos. I've heard people say that, well, you know, Sean Payton's throwing Russell Wilson under the bus. No, he's not. But the reality of it is, in the NFL, if you're not winning, no matter how much money you're making, it just sucks. And a come-from-behind barn burner in Boulder. That says a heck of a lot about that staff and, and the moxie and determination of those kids. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brown, podcast number 181. We thank you again for listening, for downloading. We continue to grow this podcast, and especially during this time of year, because the Broncos season is in full swing. We'll, we'll talk about that. Talk a little bit about CU football. I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? I'm good. I was out doing a wildland deployment in Washington and Oregon. A where wildland deployment? Wildland. Oh, wildland As a public information officer. Mm-hmm. And for seven of the nights, I camped and I used the porta potty 
Well, congratulations. <laughs> That's a big deal. I avoid very few things in life. Porta potty is one of them. It was hard to avoid it for seven days. Huh? Yeah. Do How'd you that camp? work out for you? Uh, not for this podcast. Uh, do you camp? I have camped before. I would not say, in all honesty, that I'm an avid camper. Okay. How long has it been since you've camped? Oh, gosh. Um, 10 plus years. Oh, you didn't go 10 years ago. When yeah. did you go 10 years ago? 10 years ago. I went up to Gypsum. You know where that is? I do. Okay. It's up there. Who did you go with? Wait, wait. It's up there? <laughs> I went with, uh, with Coach Temple. Okay. And did you guys, did you have a tent? Yeah, we had a cabin. Dude, dude. Camping is not... Well, sure in a it is. cabin. Sure it is. We had to, we, we, we made lunch out in the wilderness. We are in snowmobiles. Honey, that's called glamping. That's not called. Honey, is there an HR department here I can call <laughs> right now? Seriously? Because if I call you, honey, I'm going to get HR handcuffed and walked out of the building. I know. Honey. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not an avid camper, but good for you. Good for you using the porta potty. And I, I'm so proud of you. There's a lot of squatting going on. Well, as there should be. Yeah. Okay. So I was just trying to like not dive into what we have to dive into. Um, I sent you a couple messages yesterday and they Did were- Did I respond to them? No, because yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It was more like, oh, this game, yeah. WTF. It was a frustrating, frustrating game. It really was, especially after the team is up 21 to three. So where do you want to start with uh, where we go from here? Reflections on the game. Lots of people think it's time to uh, start tanking, which I could not argue more against. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a tank kind of guy, especially after two games. Right. Um, it's not an ideal situation because they, they had two home games, lost both games. I mean, the, the, the Broncos in franchise history have never opened the season with two losses that have both come at home. So um, there's work to be done. You're going to have to make up somehow, some way, with a couple of wins against teams that nobody thinks you can beat based on what, what they've accomplished. So, um, you know, I yesterday's game, they came out and played so well offensively. And they the, the previous game against the Raiders, they really didn't have any explosion plays. They had two passes of 20 yards or more. One was 20 and one was 21. But yesterday, they got the ball deep to Marvin Mims a couple mm -hmm. of times. Um and then they're up 21 to three under eight minutes to go second quarter. And Russell Wilson on a scramble fumbles the ball. I mean, let me, let me just say this because, you know, you, you, you call the game and then you're driving home and you listen to various shows and then driving around town today, you listen uh, to shows and a lot of friends I have that do talk radio and they all have opinions on things and not, not all of them um, sort of, took this particular position, but a couple of them did. I don't, I just don't understand it. Sean Payton came out in the, in the press, uh, the post-game press conference and mentioned that fumble as, you know, one of the turning points of the game. Didn't he mention it in your yeah, post Yeah, because I asked him, because yeah. I, 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 thought, that was I the thought it was one of the yeah. key turning points of the game. You've got control of the game and you fumble the ball on the 49-yard line. Uh, and then I've, I've heard people say that, well, you know, Sean Payton's throwing Russell Wilson under the bus. No, he's not. He's just telling the truth. I mean, are we to the point now that as a coach in the NFL, you can't say that 
the fumble was one of the turning points of the game? Are these guys so, and this is not a reflection on Russell, because Russell didn't have anything to do with the comments. It's a reflection on how we view what is acceptable in terms of what coaches say after games. Can the head coach not say that was one of the turning points of the game? It was. Now, were there other things that happened? Yes. The defense didn't play very well. And I thought we would see a better effort yesterday by the defense against the commanders. I mean, that's Sam Howell. All due respect, fifth-round draft choice. I thought he played well. He almost threw for 300 yards. Mm -hmm. But that's the commander's offense that with the Broncos in front, even after giving up an 18-point lead and the commanders come back and tie it at 21, the Broncos go ahead 24-21. And then two fourth-quarter touchdown drives, one from 75 yards, one from 65 yards. In Denver, okay, listen, pretty simple. That can't happen. I, I don't know how else to say it. That, that can't happen. So there's some concerns about the defense. Was the offense perfect? They were not. And I think what you saw once the Broncos had to, got into sort of a passing game um, was one of the reasons that I think – Russell did not throw the ball deep in the first game. They wanted to try to keep him clean. The, the, the commander's front is real. I mean, they are really good. That front four will cause problems. I don't care who they play. They'll have to game plan against those. They're all four first-round draft choices. They sacked him seven and times. Sacked him seven times. Yeah. Uh, hit him another six. So, but that's a game, again, that's a game that you have to find a way to win. And that's what frustrates Broncos fans more than anything. Since the start of last year, the Broncos have been in 15 one-score games. They have lost 11 of those. So somehow, some way, no magic potion, no magic pill, can't go to Walmart and buy yourself a wind pill. That's not where if I get they, my if, pills. If they, if they did, I'd go to Walmart and buy a wind pill. <laughs> But they got to find a way to close out games. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you signed up at Volo Sports yet? Because this is the spot to make new friends, get a fun workout in, and also play your favorite sports. Volo Sports, V as in Victor, O-L-O. Volo Sports is the country's largest social co-ed sports league in the U.S., and it's right here in Denver. And I'm talking about a lot of things from flag football to basketball to volleyball if you like pickleball they have that even cornhole and kickball you can play any sports you want sign up to play with the team or maybe better small group of friends or you can sign up to play solo with the volo pass and that lets you join pickup games that fit into your particular schedule or if you'd prefer drop into any league when they need to fill in it's perfect for those unpredictable and busy schedules that we all have. And here's something else that's cool. Part of your registration fee goes to the Volo Kids Foundation, which introduces kids to a healthy, active lifestyle. Kids that might not normally get to play sports due to financial restrictions. But Volo Sports makes it possible. Fall leagues are now open. October 5th is the October league deadline. So download the Volo app or head to volosports.com. You can check out all of the sports and schedules. Get in the game. You can do so with Volo Sports. So let's talk about that fumble for a second. Did did Russell's reaction 
It was like... I don't even remember it. What did he do? He, di he didn't do anything. And I think maybe he was just a little discombobulated. It was like a second where I thought, oh, I, I, I think I, even I realize? Thought, I think I remember him pointing to the ground thinking he was down. I did too. I was like, well, I think he thinks he's down. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, this, this loss, I felt like until Sean Payton made some of those comments, I don't think got directly pointed to to Russell Wilson. I mean, I think you saw he had, I mean, his numbers, 18 of 32, 308 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, that Hail Mary, my God. How much freaking fun was that? I know it never should have gotten there, but that oh, was- Oh, it was cool until was, you don't convert the two-point And, and I know I heard you on the post game and I was very anxious to hear what was Russell going to be like and what was Peyton going to be like. I think Peyton really appreciates when you let him go after two questions, but he answered your questions. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't short about it. For the first time, I felt like Russell Wilson was wearing the disappointment. A lot of times in post game, he's a little happier than maybe you think he would, you know, like you're not expecting that. When I was listening to him yesterday, I thought, oh, he kind of sounds like it's getting heavy. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a real reaction. Um, to me, it, it's hard for people to, including me, sort of resonate with how much money some of these guys make. But the reality of it is, in the NFL, if you're not winning, it, it's no matter how much money you're making, it just sucks. I mean, you spend your entire existence during the week trying to come up with ways, coaches do it, players do it, ways for you to win. You go over the game plan. Coaches work in the game plan. They work on with specificity, the different elements of the game plan, third and short, they work in the red zone, they work on backed up. I mean, the, so many, so many hours of preparation going to the game. And then to have a game in which you get off to a great start and you've got an 18 point lead and then not be able to close that game out against a team that I don't think will be a playoff team. I mean, I think, you know, I think they won eight games last year. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not horrible. They're not the Cardinals. I mean, Broncos they're, lost they're actually a pretty, yeah. pretty, good, pretty good team. But still, when you have an 18-point lead anywhere, but especially at home, you have to win. In Sean Payton's career, his entire career as a head coach in the NFL, his record when his team has an 18-point lead or more at any time, regular season or postseason, before yesterday, was 72-0. and 0. Oh, shush. So, it, you know, you have to find, I mean, this is like preaching to the choir, but you have to find a way to close that game out. You just have to win that game, and they could not make enough plays in order to do it. So I am like you. I'll listen to what other people are saying, and I heard a few people say, oh, it's time to fire Vance Joseph. Well, I don't think it is, but... I think the finger is more ported, pointed towards Vance Joseph than it was Russell Wilson. I think we saw some improvement, right? There was nothing that he did that was going to fracture. It's moving forward, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, though, and I, I said this earlier on KOA this morning, I think the margin of error for this team is very, very small. So they have to play, I won't say perfect football, but they have to play really good football. I mean, you, you look at a team like Kansas City. Kansas City can have a breakdown on the offensive line occasionally. And Patrick Mahomes is just a wizard getting out of trouble and finding an open receiver. And they also have a built-in confidence because of what they've done over the last five years where they just expect, hey, you might get ahead, uh, but we're going to find a way to come back and win. The Broncos don't have that. 
They, they don't, they haven't established that. And so I, I saw again, um, in the second half, I saw a little bit of, I won't say resignation, but I, I saw a little bit of like the really old football cliche about getting your dauber down. I thought they, they became dejected a little bit in that, okay, here we go again. Are you kidding me? We had an 18-point lead, and now we're tied. Now we're four behind, but now we're 11 behind. And so until the Broncos find a way to win games like that, until you have something that you can sort of hang your hat on from a positive standpoint, and you were able to overcome the situations that occurred yesterday, until they find a way to do that, they're going to have to battle through that feeling of here we go again. And that that can be debilitating even for NFL players. What did you think about Peyton's comments? And you alluded to it before about he felt like there was slow communication and he mentioned Russell. I feel like some of that is on the coach as well, right? Like that's something that... Depends. Depends on, on how fast you're getting the play call in. I mean, if you're getting the play call in, he's been a play caller forever, even before he was a head coach, he was a play caller. They they spent two timeouts in the first half because they were late getting out of the huddle to the line of scrimmage. So I'm not on the headset, but if Sean thinks he's getting the play call in in time and it's not being processed and then translated to the team and then breaking the huddle and getting the line of scrimmage, well, then that's on Russell. And he mentioned we might have to go to, to a wristband, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's fine. You got to do it, whatever you got to do. But um, you don't want to burn two timeouts because you can't, for whatever the reason, whoever's at fault, but you, you're at the line of scrimmage late and you're going to have the clock run down. I would agree. In the last moments, I felt like there wasn't the hustle maybe I was expecting or the immediacy or the urgency, or maybe they just there, had yeah, there, cool there, under there, pressure. Yeah, there wasn't. I, I, I was struck by that. Um, it, they didn't appear to have a sense of urgency on the last. I mean, you're down 11, right? And you have... Uh, like seven minutes to go. I would have thought at that point, you probably would have gone with the tempo, with the no huddle. But they huddled for for quite some time. Now, again, um, if you're having trouble communicating, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to um, send in certain players for certain plays, right? They went heavy with tight ends a couple of times. They used, uh, they used the fullback. At times, and so you're trying to substitute. So that, in and of itself, is a challenge if you're not going to be in a huddle. But I, but I, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen a little more urgency from them on that uh, drive that ultimately stalled, and they had to kick a field goal. And we collectively know that was pass interference, the two point conversion. I think it easily could have been called that. Yes. Yeah. Easily could have been called it. Hey, let me uh, take a moment and welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. Really happy to uh, introduce Steel, the number one maker of chainsaws in the U.S. And by the way, just so you know, they make a ton of more products than just chainsaws, like gardening tools, trimmers, blowers. But I want to talk specifically about my brand new battery-powered chainsaw. Man, I am dangerous with this thing. It's the new MSA 220C. Oh, man. It's definitely not your old school clunky, heavy chainsaw, right? I remember when I first picked up the old school chainsaw back when I was about 14 years old, and I'm thinking, what in the world? This thing, by the way, it's lightweight, it's easy to handle, but still has more than enough power to get the job done. It's a rear-handle, battery-powered chainsaw. 
So no mixing fuel, which is great. And no struggling to get it started, which is even better. Just drop the battery in and it's ready to go. The MSA 220C is one of the most powerful battery powered chainsaws in the steel line. So it can take on just about any cutting task with ease. And I can't impress enough on you how lightweight it is. I actually was out, and this is not something I do all the time, but I trimmed a few tree branches around the property line, easy as can be. And I'll tell you this, if I can do it, I promise you every single person listening to this podcast can do it. I'm just being honest about it. So where do you get one? Excellent question. You can buy your products online at steel, S-T-I-H-L, USA.com, steelusa.com, and they'll be ready for you to pick up at your local dealer. You can still rely on your local authorized dealer for hands-on assistance and great deals. And if you want to check out some products, that's the place to do it. Just enter your zip code online, and you can see all the local retailers near you. That's steel, S-T-I-H-L, USA.com. Hey, we'd like to take a moment and welcome a new sponsor to the Dave Logan Podcast. Really excited about this one. We love all of our sponsors, but we are really excited to partner up with Colorado State Patrol this season. That's because they love the Broncos as much as we do. And speaking of your favorite team, do you want to be part of their winning team? Colorado State Patrol has openings for emergency dispatchers, professional staff, security, and port of entry officers, and troopers. So if you're resilient, focused, and have high character, and are highly motivated to build a winning team for a safer Colorado, well, then the Colorado State Patrol wants to talk to you. Just visit csp.colorado.gov to connect with the recruiter today. Also, be sure and check out their Instagram page at CSP Hiring for a look at all of the opportunities at CSP and also to check out some of their recruiting events. Be part of a winning team. You can do that at the Colorado State Patrol. Why do you think Marvin Mims, after having two successful catches, wasn't targeted more? I've got no answer on that. Um... You know, I they come out in the third quarter. The commanders have kind of seized control, but the Broncos are getting the ball. And um, at that point, the Broncos were ahead twenty-one to fourteen. So you think, okay, they they got to get. You've had some time for second half, any sort of second half adjustments. Let's put together a good drive. Let's go down. Hopefully, knock it in. Now you're up twenty-eight fourteen. Well, they went three and out. The first play, you get in. You get in run personnel. Uh, you get, you get hard play fake and Montez sweat, uh, comes off the edge. Mike McGlinchey gets called for a holding penalty. And even with the holding penalty, Montez sweat sacks Russell Wilson for a loss of 10. So they declined the penalty. So now you're second and 20. You try to run, um, I can't remember if it was outside zone, but you try to run Javante to the right side. Montez sweat gets a tackle for loss. Now you're third and a million, and then you try to throw a, a quick, what I, what I remember, I'm not looking at the tape now, but something quick to the flat, maybe a quick screen, and Montez Sweat knocks the ball down. So just a horrible way to start the second half, right? When you needed to sort of, is re-seize a word? I'm not sure. When you needed to seize again the momentum yeah. that – Washington, after being down 21 to three, had been able to carve out in the last six minutes of that half. I mean, Washington scored the touchdown, which was on the play that Kareem Jackson got uh, disqualified. And you can't launch into a player. 
So that was probably uh, the right call. But when they scored the touchdown, there's under two minutes to go. I, I think two minutes to go in the half. And the Broncos are ahead 21 to three. So to me, you don't like to think of NFL teams as being fragile. But right now, that's how I, that's how I think of the Broncos. They're, they're fragile. They're, um, they need things to go right and they haven't had enough things go right. And then when things go wrong, they just get beaten down with it. And they, I mean, you know, I'm not smart enough to figure out exactly how to overcome that. But I know this, that has to be dealt with moving forward. You have to find a way to win a game. So if Sean Payton wanted to do a culture change, that would, you would hope that we would have, that they wouldn't have looked beaten down. But maybe he just hasn't enough time to impose that culture change. It's a, of, but, but it's all about winning. I mean, winning cures everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, a- absolutely everything in the NFL. If they, if they, you know, convert that two point pass and they're tied, they go into overtime and get a long will let's field goal. I mean, there's still plenty of things to correct, but it's such a relief. So you can breathe on Sunday night and Monday morning and you can, you can feel good about it. God, we got to win. It's just, it's like the world falls off your shoulders, but it didn't happen. So the world continues to sit on their shoulders. And there's going to be plenty of time, maybe on Sunday, against the Dolphins, where things, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a thousand degrees. And, you know, the Dolphins have an explosive offense. Well, okay, what happens? The Dolphins come out and punch you right in the face, and it's 17 nothing. Okay. Do you have the whatever whatever the phrase is mental fortitude, uh, determination, drive? Do you have whatever it takes to withstand that? Almost like a boxer, they're almost to me like a heavyweight boxer, and you know you're in you're in you're in a championship fight, and you're in the middle of the rounds, and you get rocked with a right hand, and you don't see it, and you have to be able to hold on grab, regroup, and somehow you got to make it to the end of that round so you can go sit down for a minute and gather your senses and then come back out and restart that fight. And that's sort of how I, how I see the Broncos right now. They've been rocked and their ability to clutch and hang on and get through that storm they just haven't found a way to do it and then ultimately win the fight. And that has to change. It's a terrible time, I think, to place the Dolphins, right? In Miami. Well, they got that, it going. I mean, they, they certainly are explosive. I think they get, I think they get a couple, like a... They're one a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, yeah. And I think their best offensive lineman, who I don't really know who that is, and their best defensive lineman is coming back. But they're getting some guys back from injury. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're playing really well on offense. That's... Yeah. That's the issue. And they've, and they've got a good defense. And Vic Fangio's the defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, Bronco fans may like that or not like that, whatever. Vic's a really smart football guy. So, Are you looking I mean, forward to seeing him? This is a tough chore. I, I don't know that I'll, I'll catch up with him. Okay. Um, the Broncos actually leave Friday. Oh. So we, we have a game Friday night uh, at Cherry Creek. And so I have to buy a ticket on Saturday to catch up. So um, don't know that I'll see him. But, it, it, I mean, I'm looking forward to the game. I I mean, I want to see what I want to see what the Broncos bring to the table. Would Kareem Jackson? Do you think he's going to get suspended, or he's just no? I don't okay. think he'll be suspended. Okay, I, I really don't. I I would be I would be surprised. He was not that egregious. 
Um, but when you launch these days, you know, back when I played, you would just have to pick your mouthpiece up and uh, stagger off the field and go get some ammonia capsules stuck up your nose and then go back and play. But Logan Thomas got rocked. But nowadays, if when you launch, when you leave your feet to deliver a hit, you're going to get flagged every time. And then then that's where the reputation uh, comes into play. K-Jack, to me, I know some people are saying, yeah, I needed to take off my rose-colored glasses. He's a dirty player. I, I, you know, He's the kind of guy you want to play with if, if you're his teammate. And you're, he's the kind of guy, if you play against him, you have to be aware of where he is. But I've never, ever considered him just to I, – I know what dirty players look like. I played against a bunch of them back in the days. So when I look at Kareem Jackson, that's not the kind of player that I see. Yeah, I think I heard that text when you're talking about the post game, but there's no way that the Broncos would get rid of a, a player like that. No. They don't even have the depth to do it, but that's no. kind of rose color, color glasses that they would. You did a couple more things before I let you go. You did MC the Denver Broncos. It was a, like alumni weekend, right? Yep. And you did a press conference. Um, Steve Foley, Terrell Davis, Rod Smith, Demarcus Ware, yep. Mark Jackson. That was pretty cool. Neil I Smith, saw- Alfred Williams, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak. Um, Bubby Brister was there. Oh, wow. Uh, it was, it was, it was so good. And I mentioned on the broadcast that I think the Walton Pinner family ownership group has done a really good job, uh, of intentionally being aware of how important it is to bring some of these players back. I mean, they had players from all six decades. That is awesome. That the team has been in existence. Billy Van, Billy Van Heusen was there. They never always felt like that, right? I feel like I heard that some, well, I, you know, it's hard you're never going to keep everybody happy. I mean, yeah. I played for the Browns for a long time and I've got teammates who live back in Cleveland and they're not happy at all with Jimmy Haslam and the, and the ownership group there. They, they think they are not, you know, not being recognized enough. And so you're, you're never going to keep everybody happy. But, but I think, I think that uh, this ownership group is, is fully aware of the importance of reaching out and, bringing them back and honoring what they've accomplished and, and making it a big deal. And I think, it, I think it's a cool thing for the fans who may never, Jim Ryan came back, lives in Virginia. Oh, wow. That's right, cool. With his wife Sarah yeah. And, uh, yeah. Steve Watson was there. It, it was just Rick Upchurch. I'm just thinking of some of the guys that I ran was into. Was Louie right there? I didn't see Louie. Okay. I didn't see Louie. He used to live in town. I'm not sure if he still does. Yeah. I, I, I don't know either. Louie should be in the hall of fame. Are there a handful? Carl Mecklenburg was there. There's another guy that should be mm-hmm. really in, in the Hall of Fame. But just um, just to see guys, and a lot of those guys that don't live in town, um, it's the only chance they have to interact with teammates of, what, 20, 30, 40 years ago? So it's it's just a great, great weekend. And, and I salute the Broncos and uh, the ownership group for putting that thing on. As we end the podcast, would you like to say anything about CU beating CSU. We were there, right? Well, no, because I emceed that dinner that oh, night. I got okay. home about midway through the first quarter. It must have been the longest first quarter ever. I'm like, is this still in the first quarter? So I watched the whole game. I was blurry-eyed. Yeah, had a TV late. show to do the next morning at Channel 9. Uh, I'm sure like I, I looked like I got hit by a truck. But, <laughs> um, man, a really entertaining game. I thought there were too many, too many personal foul penalties. I, I don't like that. I, I didn't like the shot that was taken on Travis Hunter. Uh, that was unnecessary. He's got a lacerated liver, so he's going to be out for you know a handful of weeks. But I will say this. I thought CSU played very hard. Uh, I do like Jay Norvell, uh, and I said that before the game. And I, you know what, Coach Prime and his staff, when a team like CU or any other team is down by seven 
with two minutes to go and you have the ball in your own two-yard line and you believe you can still win and then you ultimately pull it off, that says a heck of a lot about that staff and, and the moxie and determination of those kids. I mean, they that was a fun, fun game, entertaining game to watch. What's going to happen against Oregon? I listen. I, I the Oregon's like a whatever twenty point favorite. Yeah, give me CU plus twenty. <laughs> I mean, I, Oregon. Uh, you know, I mean, CU's not going to go unscathed the, right. the entire year. But they they've got enough dudes that if you don't bring your A game, even if you're one of the elite teams, um, they're going to be they're going to be right there. So I'm 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 going to be in Florida, but I'm going to be watching CU in Oregon. Do you think that because it was a little closer than I think CU would have wanted, is Dion going to change anything? And I only mean in like, there was so much publicity with that and stars in town and musicians in town. And it was a thing. Do you think he's going to try and rein it in a little bit? Do, like, you, do you honestly, you're, did you're you honestly me ask me that question? Yeah. Cause I want to, it, 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 yeah, I am. Because there was a lot of attention paid to the CU buffs. The game yeah. was not supposed to be that close. We know that. Could they have been distracted? Well, that's two separate questions. No. You said, do you do you do I think that Coach Prime is going to change things a bit? And- I, I mean, and like, okay, let's not have like everybody around the team and all the time and in the locker room, and let's like. I don't think that's going to change. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if so, Coach Prime has not run the plan by me. But, oh. Um, okay. No, I don't think that's. I think that's just who he is. I think that's who they mm-hmm. they are. And I think people have to, you know, it's different than some of us stylistically would do it if we were uh, in charge. But that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. Uh, I look at how they go out and play in the game. And are they disciplined in the game? And can they make plays? And the answer to that is yes. You know, they didn't play their best football against CSU. Give CSU a little bit of credit for that. But uh, they found a way to win. I mean, this team has, is 3-0, and and they won one game last year. So for Buffs fans that are griping or bitching about anything connected to the program, I would just say, hey, check yourself a little bit and remember where where they were last year at this time. When not only were they winning one game the entire season, they were getting their brakes beat off on the regular. Like like 35-point-plus losses virtually every week. So I would just say miss me on the – Righteous indignation, Buffs fans, and let's let's see how far this thing can go and enjoy what we watch. Hey, it looked like a great time. My niece is thinking about going up there. She spent the night. Smart girl. It's between that and, and KU, seriously. Well, that's not really a choice, is it? I well, mean, she did say there was a lot of throwing up. She's like, I, I don't well, know. Well, they don't this. throw up in Lawrence? I, that's what I said to her. I was like, yeah. I know, there's, okay, there's... Have you relayed any of your experiences to her? I have not. Over your eight-year college career? No, it was four. Thank you. Um, congratulations to the Buffs. That was a that was a great win. It was it's, a great it is, win. It is fun to watch. Yeah, and uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday with the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see you next week. All right.